The Holy Gospel according to St. John from the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of St. John, chapter 14, verses 15 through 21. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me because I live. You also will live. And on that day you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my command and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. From our gospel this morning, Jesus answered them, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. John 14, 23. In the name of Jesus, amen. Have you ever studied the book of Deuteronomy? If you, if you haven't, you, you should. By doing this, you will find and you will come to realize just how important that book is. For example, Jesus' discourse in John 14, verse 17 is full of allusions. Actually, John 14 through 17, full of allusions to Deuteronomy. Like Deuteronomy, Jesus' discourse talks about listening, listening to God's Word, loving the Lord, and keeping keeping his instructions. In Deuteronomy, Moses encourages the Israelites to love Yahweh above all things. And the reason for that is for he rescued them from Egypt and carried them through the wilderness. If you love Yahweh, then they will listen to his word. That's what he told them. And again and again, Moses, Moses says, listen, O Israel, listen. Yahweh gave Israel the law, and Moses tells Israel to keep it. 
Moses predicted that Israel would not love Yahweh or listen to him. He predicted that Israel would disregard the law because Israel was hard-hearted. Yahweh would curse Israel and exile them from the land. We know that to be true. However, Moses predicted that Yahweh would circumcise the hearts of his people someday so that they would love him and listen to him. And Jesus is the fulfillment of this story. He is Yahweh revealed in human flesh. He came not to rescue his people from an oppressive empire, as many thought, but he came to rescue his people from their own sins and from his own curse. He allowed his curse to fall upon him. He was exiled from the land of the living so that his people could live with him in a new creation, a place of everlasting rest. Now, rules that are written on a stone, they cannot make people love the Lord. But the good news about our Lord's self-sacrificial love can warm our cold hearts. We love the Lord because He loved us first. And since we love Jesus, we will keep His Word. That is to say, we treasure it. We believe His promises. We are moved by His own love and treasure His instructions about loving each other. Even though we struggle with sin, even though we struggle to love. We want to love Jesus and to be loved by Jesus now and forever. And we will get what we want. In our reading from the Psalm uh, 66, we heard, Blessed be God who was who has not turned away my prayer nor his mercy from me. Psalm 66, 20. As his children, our loving Father invites us to call upon him in prayer, to ask for things of him. And even though he reigns and rules all things, God is a God who is, well, he's not too busy for you. The creator of heaven and earth hears your prayers. Imagine that. Not only does he hear your prayers, he leans in to his children. In fact, he gave up his only begotten son, on a cross to buy you back from the clutches of sin, death, and the devil. He pursues you with his goodness and mercy. He continually 
comes to you in the gospel and through his word and his sacraments. You see, God the Father desires you to be his child. That means that he desires to hear from you. The God who will not turn away his mercy from you will also never turn his ear away from you. And so the psalmist rejoices. The psalmist praises God for his mercy and for hearing his prayer. This is the psalm that we encounter in our reading today. It is the make his praise heavy psalm. Just as it teaches us about our praise, it has much to teach us about prayer. We can ask God for anything. And that opens up a door for a great many things. You see, the Israelites, they longed to be delivered out of the clutches of deliverance. And God led them through the Red Sea on dry land, <laughs> yet they grumbled. And as God brought them to a place of abundance, he took them through fire and he took them through water. He laid a burden on their backs. The Lord, he tested them. And he refined them like silver. Psalm 66, verses 10 through 12. Through Christ Jesus, God has good things in store for you. Through his Son, good things for you. He wants to give you all good things. And sometimes what you ask for may not be what is best for you. St. Paul, he asked God three times to take away the thorn in his flesh. Three times, and, and, and God would not. And it proved to be a blessing for Paul. For the Lord made him strong in the midst of weakness. Now, God may give you the opposite of what you desire at the time that you ask for it. His answer may come then or it may come later. But no matter what the answer, rejoice with the psalmist. For the Lord has not turned his ear from you, nor has he turned his mercy from you. Rejoice. Because our Father in heaven knows what is truly best for his children. Okay. In the first reading, we um, encountered a little bit about idols and a little bit about politics. And I want to talk to you about politics right now. I can almost hear a collective, oh boy. But before we talk about politics, or rather I talk, 
Let's just review the first commandment, shall we? The first commandment says, you shall have no other God. So what does that mean? If that sounds familiar, that means that you have looked at the small catechism, Luther's small catechism. What it means is that we should fear, love, and trust God above all things. With this, we as Lutherans have our working definition of what an idol is. An idol isn't just something false that you worship or set up a shrine to. It's not just that. It is anything that you fear, anything that you love, anything that you trust above God. Now, politics is full of idols. And this year has been especially wild and surprising in the season that we find ourselves in the election, the debates, the, the rhetoric going back and forth. If you were watching nightly news or scroll, scrolling through social media and seeing reactions God help you. No, God help us all. But if you've been listening to the news nightly and if you've been going through the feeds that are on social media, what you have seen is a whole lot of fear, a little bit of love, and a lot of hate. Wild emotions have raged all over the place. In reality, what you saw was a lot of idols being revealed. Possibly some of your own idols have been revealed as well. Politics so often touches upon that first commandment because we think it's the way in which we get to control things, the way in which we get to make things work, the way we want them to work. And we trust in our candidate while we fear the other candidate. And we think everything hinges upon whether or not we get our way. But I digress. Remember Paul, take this thorn from me. Three times. Your weakness is perfected. Over and against this sort of thinking, the Lutheran church has taught the idea of two kingdoms. That there is a kingdom on the left which deals with laws and temporal lives. And there is a kingdom of the right which proclaims the gospel, forgiveness, and faith. Two kingdoms, the left and the right. However, this is not all capitalized 
This is not what modern American, well, it's not what we think when we hear separation of church and state. The Lutheran point is that God himself rules both of these. And that God is truly in charge of both kingdoms. God is in charge of church and state. Can I get an amen on that? God is in charge, not us. This is true whether we're voters in a democracy or, or even if we're rulers ourselves. Proverbs 29, 26 reminds us of this truth. Many seek the face of a ruler, but it is from the Lord that a man gets justice. This is why Luther writes the following in, well, actually, he writes to the German princes in an essay that was called To the German Nobility. He wrote, the first and most important thing to do in this matter is to prepare ourselves in all seriousness. We must not start something by trusting in great power or human reason, even if all the power in the world were ours. That's why we start each proclamation with, in the name of Jesus, amen. Because we know that nothing good, as you've heard me say, comes from any other source than from Jesus, Yahweh. Luther continues to write this, For God cannot and will not suffer that a good work begin by relying upon one's own power and reason. He dashes such works to the ground. They do no good at all. As it says in Psalm 33, verse 16, No king is saved by his great might, and no lord is saved by the greatness of his strength. Okay. We're winding this up. We are taught, we are reminded at all times, no matter what we see, no matter what we think, no matter what we think we can or cannot accomplish, we know that God is still in control over this world. Ours is not the might. God alone is mighty. He is the mighty one. So, whatever your thoughts or reactions to this election season and the impending election in November, whatever your thoughts and reactions have to be, flee from idols. Rather, remember that God rules this world, but also that he has won for you abundant salvation in Christ Jesus, and that the day will come when you will see the Lamb, the perfect Lamb of God, 
upon his throne. And until then, until then, we in the church will continue to do what we have long done. Just as soon as we're allowed to come together, we will gather together. And we will pray for our rulers. Whether we think them good or bad, we will pray for our rulers. And then we will join in prayer and pray as our Lord has taught us, Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. In the name of Jesus, amen.